This is, uh, how do you say, weird? While doing my research for our final cryptid of this season, well, take a look. It wears a business suit. I wear a business suit. It kidnaps children. I, I, I. There's one I just kidnapped. Didn't I? Hasn't this been? What is going on? I don't understand. Ah, you still don't get it, do you? Come on, Matt. Think. Back in episode seven. I confessed everything to you. Don't you understand? It was me. Me all along. Didn't you ever stop to think there really was nothing wrong with the present? Nothing changed. There was no reason to go back in time. I've been planning this since day zero. Back since before we started our podcast. In an email you once sent me, you threatened to throw me in a ditch with ditch dogs. And they would perform unspeakable horrors to me. And I vowed to get revenge. And I would do so by writing a book. You remember the book? I told you about the book. This is just between you and me, Matt. Forget our curiosities. Just, just you and me. I watched from the shadows. I made sure... You made all the right moves. Landed opportunities at your feet. Remember all those times you said you love frogs? That was me. I hold the puppet strings. I released those raccoons so that you may have detention in a prison. I gave you just the right nudge so it can all culminate into this very moment. The moment you realize you have become my greatest Creation. A very thin man. They are my latest creation. I love frogs. I wrote down a joke about a very thin man. I love frogs. Are catching sight of the cryptids. I love frogs. My business partner, Quentin. You have to move towards the attention. I think it suits me. Are you slowly accruing clothing for a suit? Quinn? Quinn? Quentin? Change our show format. Science! A very thin man. A very thin man. Give up one of your children! You have to move towards perfection. The Slender Man. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt, once again, joined by Angel. Now, you know, Angel. Last episode, Jumanji came up quite a bit, and it reminded me about something you told me you did as a child when you saw that movie for the first time. You said you were so enthralled by the idea of a board game coming to life, so you made your own in an attempt to relive the magic of Jumanji. 
You called it Swamp Jacks, where you were, where you are one of four adventurers, which you called Jacks for some reason, who delves into a swamp to find the Swamp Pearl, a 15-pound pearl. Tell me a bit about Swamp Jacks. I mean, you pretty much said it all. <laughs> they, you said they're called Jacks for some reason. I named them after Cactus Jack. After Mick Foley? Yes. You're like, I like this guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to see what he does in his swamp looking for a 15-pound pearl. I mean, can't you picture Mick Foley in the swamp looking for a pearl? <laughs> <laughs> so how much of an influence was Jumanji on you then in, in Swamp Jacks? Like, did were there cards that you had to pull? Things like that? Well, there was, uh, like, the, you know, that, that little dice, kind of like the magic eight ball thing or the swirling thing. I had that in there. It doesn't do anything. It's just there for looks. <laughs> and then I said, all right, that's enough Jumanji for me. And then I did my own thing. <laughs> so how, how long does a normal game of Swamp Jacks take? About three hours. Oh, so it's a commitment. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I, I, was trying, I was also trying to beat Monopoly. In terms of a game that lasts forever, but and no one has fun. <laughs> no one has fun, but I wanted it to be in a way that it doesn't end with somebody flipping the board over. Yeah, because it's handmade board. You don't want to ruin that thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Took Young Angel a long time to make Swamp Jacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I suppose, just like how Jumanji took off and is bigger now than ever. We're hoping the same for Swamp Jacks. So if you were able to sell the film rights of Swamp Jacks, who could you see playing the four Jacks? Brendan Fraser. All four. All all four of them. (laughs) Is he, like, playing quadruplets? No. They're treated as people that don't look like each other at all. Does he like wear prosthetics and makeup then? No. Or how how's he presented in in your in your mind board game to film Swamp Jacks? You know, one of them's a professor and he wears professor things. You know, he's got a mm-hmm. little a hat and he smokes a pipe. I sort I just, I just sort of picture him dressed up as a professor from Gilligan's Island. That works. <laughs> and then the other three are just ne'er do wells. <laughs> ne'er do wells. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the the one, swamp ne'er do wells. Yeah, one of them just wears a leather jacket to distinguish him. But mm-hmm. they pretty much dress alike, but they're not meant to be treated as triplets or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't address it at all in the movie. Is it sort of like your meta way of saying like all the game pieces look the same? So then all the characters in the movie should? Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Does he act the same then as all these swamp jacks? No, no, that's no. that's silly. But we they do all have their own personalities. But but the uh, the third ne'er do well is has a different uh, actor dubbing his voice. <laughs> sort of like uh, James Earl Jones in in uh, Star Wars. Yep, they just like said, "Screw you, actor. <laughs> We're getting James to do this now." Yep. Well, hopefully, Swamp Jacks gets the right publisher or the right distributor. I'm hope I, I have big hopes for Swamp Jacks. We all do. Let us now turn our attention to some weird articles in the news. These coming from, of course, both unexplainedmysteries.com. The first one is titled Weird Jarkhand Alien Video Emerges Online. 
If you have not seen the video, it is something you can check out on either unexplainedmysteries.com or we'll also have the link on our Podbean website. And it states, Footage showing a strange, thin, humanoid entity walking on a road has attracted a lot of attention on social media. The peculiar video, which was reportedly filmed on the Chadwa Dam Bridge in Jharkhand's Hazabag District, India, shows what many are claiming to be an alien entity. Exhibiting abnormally thin limbs and an unnaturally white complexion, the stick figure can be seen walking on the highway in the dark, illuminated only by the headlights of the oncoming traffic. Several bikers can be seen approaching and speeding past the strange figure. The source, on condition of anonymity, went on to share her personal experience. A local road authority told the Republic Media Network. She claimed that she was she and her colleague have been going down the route for years now, have gone in the morning and at night and sometimes even at 1 to 2 a.m., but have never spotted anything of that sort. So what do you think is going on in this video? Could this really be an alien or is someone pulling a prank? Uh, so what do you think of this video with the uh, supposed jackhand alien, Angel? Well, I don't think it's an alien. I think it's an advanced robot. It reminds me of... Oh, no, did it escape from the lab? It reminds me of the robots at the end of AI. The Will Smith movie? No, that's iRobot. Oh, (laughs) Oh, AI is the the little kid from from the... Uh, Haley Joel Osment? Yeah, yeah. Sixth Sense? Yep. Yeah. And uh, Ewan McGregor, I think, is in it, maybe? Um, guy, it was, no. <laughs> what are their names? How many actors can we name in this segment? <laughs> Not Ewan McGregor. Oh, God. I'll just, uh, use my powerful brain. Oh, wait, if I look up AI, I just get AI <laughs> stuff. I gotta specify film. You know, in my brain search, that is. Mm-hmm. You gotta go through the files. Jude Law. Jude Law, that's who I was thinking of, Jude Law, yep. <laughs> Apparently, Robert Robin Williams is in this film, too. I don't remember that. Yeah, I was thinking that as I was about to say Ewan McGregor, but then I was like, I, I remembered him being, uh, Robin Williams being in the movie, but I was like, I don't remember what he did in the movie. <laughs> I didn't, I don't remember him in the movie, and I, and I wouldn't have said that because I know he was in Bicentennial Man, and I didn't want to confuse another robot movie with <laughs> Bicentennial Man. Oh my God, I have not thought of that movie in a long time. <laughs> But yeah, so the video, the lady in the video reminds me of, well, the alien in the video reminds mm-hmm. me of a robot from the the, 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 the mm-hmm. like just the way the it, yeah. it walks. It does walk very very odd. We will give the video that. Uh, it's just this person walking on the road at night, and I don't know about you, Angel, but I have seen a lot of videos of supposedly roads in India where there's like weird people walking on the roads. It's kind of common, mm-hmm. and they're naked a lot of the times, and it looks scary. It's up very, like, why is this happening? And people just speed past them on their cars like you should. <laughs> That's what I would have done in the same exact situation. Uh, clearly, something is, is afoot with this person or alien. Yeah. Apparently, another article claims that this alien is actually a naked woman. And it goes on to say they don't know why that woman was naked, and then... That's it. That's the article. So, so it just replaced it. It just replaced alien with woman, and then left the still the hanging. Thing. <laughs> we still have no answers. <laughs> oh God, damn it! 
Well, maybe this next article will give us more answers, Angel. Also coming from unexplainedmysteries.com, it says, Magic Jar bore deadly curse in ancient Athens. We have a cursed article. We're going back to season two. It says, archaeologists have discovered a jar that was once used to bestow a deadly curse on 55 people. Dating back 2,300 years, the jar was unearthed beneath a commercial building in the Agora of Athens. Its unnerving contents, coupled with the fact that someone had driven a large iron nail through it, have led researchers to conclude that its purpose was to deliver a deadly curse. The pot contained the dismembered head and lower limbs of a young chicken, wrote Jessica Lamont of Yale University. All exterior surfaces of the jar were originally covered with text. It once carried over 55 inscribed names. Exactly who the named individuals were or what they had done to get on the wrong side of whoever was responsible for placing that jar at its location remains unclear. The ritual assemblage belongs to the realm of Athenian binding curses and aimed to bind or inhibit the physical and cognitive faculties of the named individuals, wrote Lamont. The sheer number of names making an impending lawsuit the most likely scenario. And I read that last sentence multiple times and I don't know what the hell it even means. (laughs) The sheer number of names makes an impending lawsuit the most likely scenario. Again, I don't know what context that has in the article it's a quote from lamont and that's where the article ends so (laughs) what do you think here angel of the the cursed jar for one i think we have a perfect opportunity here to give it a name so Mm -hmm. i'd like to give it the name of the jar (laughs) of classical agora well why do you say that because why, why does that jump out as you for the name because that's where it was found I want to call it the the death jar. Death jar. Just keeping it simple. Or the... Rapscallion? Um, no, 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 no. This is the Bassano jar, Angel. <laughs> we have found the Bassano jar. It's not even... Oh, we're going with the naming convention that doesn't even match the place it's from? That's <laughs> <laughs> all time. Do you think the intention of this was to curse somebody like Jessica Lamont of Yale University suggests? Well, if it was, we all know, based on season two from cursed items that we reviewed, that curses tend to be very Mm. flippant and Mm -hmm. random and unpredictable. So I assume everyone that's been around it and maybe some people who haven't been around it are going to die very soon, like from from now till you know, 40 years from now. Mm hmm. (laughs) And it could be random, complete freak accidents. Like they they get into a car accident. No, that's the jars doing. The goddamn Bassano jar has another (laughs) victim. The first thing I thought of was it worked. I'm sure all 55 of those people are now dead. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Yep, it worked. (laughs) Put yourself in the shoes of, say, this was like the Bassano vase, I suppose. How the. I think it was the Bassano vase. The guy was like digging in his, yeah, the guy was digging in his yard and he found it in the ground. Yeah. So you're digging in your, in your yard or under your house in, in the Agora of Athens in your commercial <laughs> building and you find a jar that appears to be very, very old. Do you leave it there and say like, nah, this, this, this has been here for a long time. I'm just okay with it <laughs> staying there and not upsetting it. No, of course not. Or do you smash it and like <laughs> throw away the bones? <laughs> 
Well, now that you mention it, I'm wondering where the how different was a jar from a vase back then? I don't know. A jar from uh, 2,300 years, I want to see what this looks like. I can't envision what this jar looks like, besides if it was just a, a vase with like a cork on the top. Because, exactly, because if it is, that 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 implies that cursed vases were mass manufactured. <laughs> oh, God. God damn it. <laughs> All around the Mediterranean. <laughs> It's like the cursed it's like the cursed boy the cursed boy paintings uh-huh. how those are mass generated. Yep. This was the cursed boy paintings of its time. <laughs> cursed jars. Son of a gun. Maybe it's best that those classic civilizations are gone. <laughs> so with those world breaking stories out of the way, Angel, let's now dig into our season finale creature. I would say Probably the most well-known of all our entities we have discussed so far. This episode, we are looking at the rise of Slenderman. And I must say, Angel, I am quite excited for this one, because unlike most of the things we have looked at in the past three seasons, this one, there are some hard facts about its origins and everything around it. So we have answers. Yep. Are you ready? Hold on, I prepared for this one. What's the opposite of no? Yes? You got it! (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) Now, I cannot remember what episode it was. Possibly the Melonheads, but I recall asking you if you had a preference on what type of creatures that we were looking at. If, like, say, the older ones from pre-1900 or post-1900, which one of you are you more interested in? And you basically shrugged your shoulders and looked at me like I was a clown who failed to entertain you. (laughs) I said, however, that I enjoyed the older ones because of the sort of neat newspaper articles and stories that uh, rise around the creatures. And we've seen that many and many times just in this season alone. And the neat thing about Slenderman is on some level, this creature's rise parallels many of those entities from those older days. The medium, however, in which this has spread has simply changed from newspapers with shocking headlines and vague articles to now message boards and websites with photoshopped pictures and creepy stories. Do you agree here, Angel? Is it kind of interesting how this switch to a digital world still presents us with these same ideas as to what was going on over 120 years ago. Yes, I I think I think it doesn't matter the technology that we develop. We as humans inherently love to tell stories and come up with stories uh-huh. about random things, about the unknowable, about the you know what's what lies in the darkness. And this is a story that uh, completely is entwined in that sort of idea. So if I recall, Angel, it was probably around 18 or so years ago, and this is a, a true thing, that we were posting on a paranormal and conspiracy message board, and I said to you, you know it would be awesome? And you said something to the effect of, to be as funny as my idol Drew Carey? <coughs> and I said, no. <laughs> First of all, Drew isn't funny, and his segments on Whose Line are consistently the worst part of that show. <laughs> but <laughs> second, second, it would be amazing to. <laughs> second, it would be amazing to create an internet hoax. Do you remember that? Yes, vaguely. 
I don't remember all that Drew Carey stuff. <laughs> and him being your idol. <laughs> and, and, and you insulting him. I mean, come on. That's <laughs> egregious. But I do remember the hoax thing. Uh-huh. So I even wrote it down on a sheet of construction paper. I believe it was like pink construction paper that I still have, which is this long, long list of weird ideas and (laughs) memes before memes were a thing. And it was like about number 85 out of 215 items on this list. Slender Man, or at least the idea of an entity such as it is, is basically what we would have wanted to create, I think. Is that a fair assessment in your memory? Yes, yes, indeed. So before we begin to dissect the origins of Slenderman Angel, I wanted to ask our now traditional big question before we begin our episodic journey. If you were to create an entity such as Slenderman, an exploration into the creation of a new folkloric entity, what types of qualities would you give it? So for example, would you make it humanoid-based, like Slenderman, or animal-based? So what I'm looking here are the top five things that you would put into an original folk entity. You know, I've thought about this question several times throughout my life. And every time, depending on what... I believe you when you say that. <laughs> depending on what period of my life I was in, I came up with different things. Currently, I'm on the, I'm in the phase of, I like the menacing kind of entities, the idea of this creature that stalks humans or what have you like a like a babadook yeah some something like mm-hmm. that so so here are the five things that i came up with so you mentioned it, it would it be humanoid or animal based and i went with you know this a splice in between <laughs> yes it's oh, like God. A, like the qualities of a bear where they can walk on fours, but they can also stand up on their hind legs and walk on their hind legs as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so kind of like that kind of, you know, is it an animal? Is it human? What is it? I also want to give it arms longer than its legs because that's always creepy. <laughs> it gives it extra scuttling power when it has that <laughs> pulling ability with the long arms. Yeah. So the skin is going to be leathery, like like that of a bat wing. Because why mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be sort of like translucent too, like thin, like a bat wing? Certain parts of it, you know, not the mm-hmm. whole thing. Sort of like see the veins inside pulsating yeah. and throbbing. Yes. And and this is one thing I haven't seen in any cryptid that I would like to see is the thing having like a nose similar to that of like the spear-nosed bat. It's like this weird little pointy thing that sticks out. And it just looks ugly because that nose, most bats' noses are like very exposed looking. And that -hmm. that particular bat has like a a little pointy thing. It looks like, it's called spear nose because it looks like it's a little spear. So imagine that, the size of a human head looking at you. (laughs) And then it's running on fours at you (laughs) with its long arms. Yep, yep. Get over here. (laughs) And finally, number five is it's impervious to bullets. (laughs) Oh, shit. Of course it is. It comes from Roanoke Island. (laughs) (laughs) And it's called Croatoa. (laughs) Did you have a name for your entity? Uh, (laughs) The name is the Woodsy Rapscallion. No. (laughs) He's just a little scamp. He looks 
he looks dangerous, but he just plays tricks. <laughs> He's just a prankster. Uh-huh. Steals yeah, your he, underwear. He never like he that. never really gets to be bad because everyone just runs away from him when they first see him. <laughs> well, I love this creature already, and more things. Sh- now the world can do with the, uh, what they want with that thing and make stories. Yep. In my research, Angel, I found this creepy pasta. And if you do not know what the hell creepypasta is, it is just a dumb word for a scary story. <laughs> but I would like you to read this one to set the stage for a Slender Man. Okay. I'll just read this in my regular accent because, you know, there's nothing weird about this at all. 16. What's your regular accent? Oh, God. <laughs> 16 days ago, I lost my job. That's horrifying. (laughs) Okay. 16 days ago, I lost my job. 14 days ago, I nearly lost my life. And I've not seen a single person in that time. Going outside is no longer an option. I write to you so my story may at least make it to somebody. I have spent most of my life jumping from message board to message board. I find it difficult to connect with others in real life. The anonymity of the boards lets me be myself. From within that anonymity, I found myself, my true self. I will spare the details of the job loss, as it may have been a blessing in disguise, as now I have no reason to go outside. Outside is where it haunts. Outside is where I will die. The home I grew up in is not far from my current home. It was a nearly dilapidated family aid home. You know the ones, troubled youths, as they are called, get dropped off by some fool that feigns caring for a child. No one who claims to care for a child would ever leave them at a shithole like the one I was left at. It was there that I learned of the tall one. The other children claimed this man would come to the home, looking through the windows at the children. The adults would say it was our imaginations running wild. That it was some weird manifestation in our minds that we expected our real parents to come pick us up and tell us this was all just a mistake. The tall one was no manifestation. I know that. I now know that. I remember being told of a foster kid named Corwin. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh. (laughs) What a dumb name. What a stupid name. (laughs) I remember being told. (laughs) What happened is that as I'm reading this in my head, I'm thinking Cotton Eye Joe thing is coming up. I know it. (laughs) No, I would not do that twice. That's can't. It can't fall back on the same joke twice. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Not on this show. You're absolutely right. Okay, here we go. The tall one was no manifestation. I now know that. I remember being told of a foster kid named Corwin who disappeared one night. When the adults did their rounds to wake everyone for breakfast, his room was empty and his window wide open. The adults told the police that he had run away, but another boy named John said he knew the truth. That night he heard an odd noise on the side of the house, right outside his room by the window. It sounded like metal against metal something being grinded into the wall. When he looked outside, he saw a tall, slender man in a suit kneeling and doing something to the wall. 
Just the aura of the man was so terrifying he ran back to bed and didn't open his eyes again until the next morning. And without getting a single wink of sleep. It was 14 days ago now where I heard grinding outside my window. My mind was flooded with stories from the foster home. Was John right? Was it the tall one that took Corwin? At first I figured it was just a tree branch against the house. It has been a while since the landlord has cared enough to pay someone to do that. The motion lights on the porch kept going on. Quite annoying, but I again thought it was a branch. The grinding was then accompanied with a rhythmic thumping. Almost like a knock asking to come in. Confused, I went on the porch to see what was going on. To my surprise, there wasn't even a hint of wind that night. I then heard the shuffling of feet behind me. The problem was the only thing behind me was my own damn doorway. I ran inside and locked the door and then locked myself in my room. I did exactly what John did so many years ago. I closed my eyes and didn't open them till the next day. All night I ran through different scenarios in my head. What the hell was going on? I finally settled on it had to have all been my imagination. In an effort to finally put this all to rest, I went outside to investigate what could have logically happened. To debunk my fears, really, it was then I saw it. Carved into the side of the house, into the foundation of the house. Now, practically carved into my eyes. It read, Cotton Eye Joe's Razor, the axiom that states for slender man to have come from somewhere, he must therefore go somewhere. So where the heck did slender man come from, Angel? Well... Guess what? There is no long, convoluted story here. We can outright say it comes from a man by the name of Eric Knudsen, who in 2009 began to post on the Something Awful forums as the user named Victor Surge. In his posts, he tells of a thin, unnaturally tall humanoid with a featureless head and face wearing a black suit. Just based on that description, Angel, what do you make of the Slender Man? I mean, it just sounds like a a dude like somebody from a business for some reason when i think when i hear business suit i always think of of like somebody from the 50s for some reason mm-hmm. like like everyone's just dressed up like that no matter what they were doing yep just in wearing suits <laughs> mm-hmm. just going i'm going to the drugstore in my <laughs> three-piece suit today <laughs> and that's that's the informal suit by the way not, not the formal that's, one that's my smoking suit <laughs> But yeah, that's that's pretty much just a regular regular dude, just a regular guy. Is there anything about that, like the description, that most intrigues you out of like the the featureless face or the the suit or the like gangliness and tallness of the entity? Well, I mean, it evokes certain images in my mind. Not just uh, I I know I, I read this in the, while researching it, but. I've seen the Phantasm movies as well, so I am familiar with the tall man in those movies. So I, 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 I see the resemblance there. It also reminds me something that I haven't seen mentioned for some reason, but it reminds me of this man in one of the Poltergeist movies. There's a, a man like in a hat for some reason. I, I, I picture that. I think the featureless thing is, is interesting in the sense that it's like. It's like it doesn't matter who it is, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like we, it becomes like sort of an anonymous figure. Yeah. Like, are there multiple? Is there just one sort of idea? Yeah. Like if if you see one and I see one, is it the same one or is it two different ones? 
I like the idea of it being like this suited man entity because it gives it this like not formality but it gives it this like humanity it gives us this humanity to it of like it dresses in our own clothes but then at the same time where's this faceless dude getting his clothes like i think <laughs> about this all the time in, in like horror movies and shit like that of all this crazy stuff that's out in the woods and they're like just living their lives like where does freddy krueger clean his sweater i'm sure he gets blood on it a lot uh does he do his own laundry does the slender man go to buy suits does he make his own suits is he a former tailor does he know how to thread a needle? <laughs> These are things I think about when they, when you put on an entity something that exists that you and I have access to in the form of a suit and a tie and polished shoes. Does he polish his own shoes? Uh, do they come? Are they just inherently polished? Like it, now, it be, like so many questions become out of just the uh, appearance of the entity, right? Yeah, I mean. Aside from the seamstress from hell, where they go visit. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, you know, just the general seamstress from hell. They, they, that's where they go to to get their clothing made. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, how would I forget about her? <laughs> Is that where you go to hit hell's bells next to the seamstress <laughs> as a blacksmith? Oh, that's another you know, deep reference. These, all these dimensions have like their mm-hmm. own economies and their own little mm-hmm. ways of working. <laughs> they have a cobbler, <laughs> but the shoes are always like have some weird, uh, you know, thing in them. But only demons can handle it. Yep. When I was thinking about this, there, I remember a scene from a horrible movie, Silent Hill 2, where <laughs> they are like in this apartment building. And trying to run through the apartment building. It's, oh, it's scary. There's monsters behind every door. It implies, like, the monsters are living in the apartment building. Just, like, they have their own rooms. Like, do (laughs) they... Did they tour the building and choose the rooms? (laughs) Were they given the rooms? Do they pay rent? If they pay rent, how do they get their money? That was all I could think about in the scene of that movie. I was like, why are these guys that living in this apartment building? They're monsters. (laughs) They just live out in the streets or something like that. But, hey... That's storytelling, I guess. <laughs> now, how about the name Slenderman? What do you make of that? Do you think it's appropriate or is it intriguing enough for you? You know, it's funny because it's just a descriptive term, but it's, I, I also feel it's very effective. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, like, hearing the word Slenderman and not being told anything about it, it already gives me the creeps. Because usually something with man on the end of it's pretty stupid in the name in the in the entity war, like scariness world like like oh, goat man slender man goat man like that's <laughs> a goat man okay sure why not but slender man gives it its own like uh aura like yeah. its own unique touch to it and i agree with you it is a very effective name in in the overall presentation of the creature what i find interesting is that uh, apparently when the slender man story kind of spread out into the real world and the journalists were talking about it they they would pronounce it as slenderman like if it's slenderman like you know, like bob slenderman over here <laughs> it's, it's, it's in a business suit it's got to be slenderman <laughs> get over and, here slenderman where he reports <laughs> and most importantly is when shepherd smith talked about it he almost said splendor man and i kind of want to call him splendor man now <laughs> he just just comes into your house and puts a little Splenda in your coffee. <laughs> Splenda, man. 
So do you have a better fitting name for it, though? In your own mind of presenting the creature? A thin, gaunt man. <laughs> In your backstory, he is a... He just wants to purchase a car. <laughs> he does. He never gets to do it, though. Because people run away thinking they're gonna, he's going to kill him. <laughs> I just want to buy your car. <laughs> So he would just be called Thin Gaunt Man? No, no. I, I wouldn't. Uh, you don't think you would rename it, though? Or I would don't you keep think, it? I don't think I you would think, name it. You think it fits? Yeah, I yeah. agree. It's it's an effective name. It's no Slender Man Visitor. <laughs> the Slender Visitor. Slender Visitor. Oh, God. That's a fun one. Just looking at your house. <laughs> Get on it, Chad Lewis. Not the NFL player. So according to an article from the Washington Post, the original forum post included two photos of children haunted by a tall, shadowy figure with tentacles for arms, along with blocks of ominous text that read, We didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. And it says, 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. Overall, however, Knudsen's intention was to formulate something whose motivations can barely be comprehended, which caused unease and terror in a general population. So do you think what he was going for is reflected by in that uh, sort of just very small block of text that describes a photo in where these kids, like it looks like kids just walking and behind them is the Slender Man out of focus and not really the point of the picture it's more focused on the children. So do you think overall he was effective in doing that? I think he was effective, but he kind of mentioned the whole, the, the, the focus was not on him. And I think, I think when he blew up, it kind of became about him, you know, kind of similar to, uh, similar to family matters, how it became the Urkel show. <laughs> it does. And everybody hated him for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it apt comparison <laughs> so the washington post continues four weeks surge continued posting doctored photos newspaper clippings and child drawings of slender man gradually pulling other users into the myth they contributed their own photoshops and stories drawing parallels to older legends and nudging the story along by mid-june the thread was solely devoted to developing the mythos of slender man which now at least according to one authoritative pdf which runs 194 pages long so what do you think of this angel we have a singular source for the creation of an entity but almost instantly it becomes like this crowdsourced entity to expand on its mythos this is something I've always wanted to do. I like the idea of writing a story or creating a world and then having everyone else just fill in the blanks for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, look, guys, please feel free to contribute. I just wanted to write this one thing, but I don't want to be in charge of taking care of everything else. Mm, so, like, here's the foundation. Yeah. Build the house now. Yeah. So I mm. think that's I think that's cool. I also think it it's kind of similar to how actual folklore spreads yeah because like even like traditional oral folklore um okay so you have one guy that knows the story and then they teach it to somebody and then over time depending on that person that learns the story they can change the inflections of things to deviate on or deviate on different aspects of the story add in their own things and over generations it becomes it can become a whole different story yeah. so it's sort of that same 
original, like, as you were saying, like earlier, like essence of humanity that can be built into a story like this. It goes back to just an oral tradition, but now in the digital age. And I think that is really cool. So it is said that possibly the biggest reason this entity resonated so much with people was because of its vagueness. As the Washington Post explains, the infinite mutability, the fuzzy details, the ability to adapt Slenderman to just about anything or any time and place. So just like the John Titer incident, Angel, we lived this one. Do you remember when those two images came out? I, I'm sure I don't. I, I don't think I was there when it first mm-hmm. happened, but I was definitely in that proximity when it spread to at least my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our group of friends would start talking about it and essentially talk about how this thing has become a, a sensation, mm-hmm. internet yeah. sensation. And, and, and it was close enough that we knew where it was from because we have accounts at something uh-huh. awful <laughs> so we could easily go into the forum and be like yeah there it is <laughs> and as i was like doing the research for this one i was like I- honestly i thought this whole thing was closer to 2004 or 5 so i was nearly five years off in my own <laughs> mental facilities of when this all occurred because i specifically remember however like sitting in my bedroom on my computer looking at the two original images, the photoshopped images, especially the one that depicts an extremely tall man who looked maybe, uh, in comparison to the children, nine feet tall in dark clothes. He's standing under a tree, just children surrounding him, sort of like they're listening to what he's saying or, or something to that effect, just enthralled by him. And he has several tentacles coming from the right side of his body. And this is all in the background of the picture and is not whatsoever the focal point of the picture. Mm -hmm. The focal point is a little boy climbing up a ladder to a slide. And I remember just being like intrigued by whatever the hell I was, what it was that I was seeing. It was a very effective picture to make you like, uh, like, Ooh, this is, this is cool. Yeah. The caption on that photo angel reads one of two recovered photographs from the sterling city library blaze notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the slender man deformities cited as film defects by officials fire at library occurred one week later actual photograph confiscated as evidence 1986 photographer mary thomas so that's the text that accompanied the, the photo that I was describing of the boy on the slide. So, like, what do you make of that description? Does it does it intrigue you? Well, I think uh, I like the... It kind of, it tells a, a bigger story without saying much. With only, yeah, several sentences. Yeah. It's, it, you know, like, it, it explains what's going on in the picture, but then you're wondering, why is the photographer missing? Like, why is that important? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> why was the photograph confiscated as evidence? Evidence to, uh, yeah. do you believe the Slender Man set the fire? Is the Slender Man an arsonist? <laughs> and But, it, like, I think it's genius in a world-building aspect because it frames... Uh, the Photoshop picture as this long lost picture related to an event that sounds reasonable in the form of the Sterling city library blaze. Like, okay, a library caught on fire. Why would I question a library catching on fire? It names the entity, but it isn't the focus of the picture. And even the description of it all, the slender man name is not the, like, this is a picture of the slender man has you'd think it would normally be presented. Yeah. And 
it presents it all like this was just a mistake that he was even seen in the picture and just a luck or luck of the camera that the photographer's there in the moment and it's vague enough and it's like yes please i want more 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 <laughs> like, th- that's how i see it it just it leaves enough details to be vague but gives you enough to say is this real in the book Slender Man is Coming, Creepypasta and Contemporary Legends on the internet features an essay by Jeffrey Tolbert. It states, as a monster, Slender Man epitomizes the simultaneous alienness and familiarity that characterizes the uncanny. As a self-conscious internet construct whose backstory has been built up over several years by a massive community of online participants, Slender Man functions meta-discursively to reveal precisely those elements that are popularly conceived of as constitution of monstrousness. In simplest terms, Slender Man is a distillation of the most frightening images and trends present in contemporary popular culture and supernatural folklore. So, Angel, replace distillation with amalgamation and (laughs) what do we have going on here a mix (laughs) do you believe that uh that take on it that slender man is a uh, a a composite of the most frightening images and trends present in contemporary popular culture and supernatural folklore if it is i i feel like if it it wasn't like a conscious decision to do that it's very easy to pull um, that kind of imagery based on knowing that about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but not saying, Oh, I'm going to put a little bit of this folklore here and some, uh, urban, uh, urban legends, urban stuff legends over here. here. Yeah. yeah. I, I suppose in some aspect of what you're saying, like the, the humanness of slender man, maybe it gives it that ability that it could just walk up to you unnoticed if you weren't paying attention. Uh, it would just be yeah. something that maybe you wouldn't uh, focus on, really, besides it being <laughs> tall and gangly. Um, but if it wasn't something that you're particularly looking for, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to, to just see it out and about doing something, I suppose, could be the frightening part of it that it could get you at any time. But the this concept of each person creating their own story of this singular entity and then expanding on it and exploring different avenues and concepts. The idea of all this is, is very intriguing. We talked a little bit about that angel. So how about you? Like uh, to me, it's almost like a writing prompt idea gone to the extreme. Is that similar to what you're thinking? I mean, have you listened to the last 12 episodes of our intros? (laughs) (laughs) It it is the writing prompt to the extreme for you. (laughs) What do you think is the most, I guess maybe the, what What do you think is the easiest thing to draw from Slenderman to put it into a story? I think it's this air of, of, of unknown. Like you have mm-hmm. them, you have them just, there's a presence and there's a sense of dread and you don't know why. And I don't think there's ever any like the image the 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 photographs that we talked about there's no nothing bad going on it's not like Mm -hmm. the slender man he's in the background but he's not like killing anybody he's just there it's just interpreted as this is a bad thing yeah it's seen as it's weird it's like oh look at those tentacles he must be doing something bad to those children Mm -hmm. it gives a very lovecraftian vibe to it in that aspect yeah which implies (laughs) 
alienness and otherness and bad. Yeah. In the most like human aspects of it. So because there are so many cooks in the kitchen, so to say, it is hard <laughs> to many. narrow down too many cooks, really. <laughs> it is hard to narrow down exactly what to talk about in respects to the Slender Man. So however, I found a book called 101 Amazing Slenderman Facts by Jack Goldstein and Jimmy Russell. So why don't we look at some of these amazing facts and get our reactions to it? You down with that? I'm down. <laughs> so here are some facts about what he looks like. One, Slenderman is around 14 feet tall. <laughs> wow. He's just Duncan getting him on the, as a center in the NBA. My God. I mean, so this is one of the things where it's like you read about him being tall, but I ne- you don't really know how tall he is. 14 feet tall is even huge. You find out he's 14 <laughs> feet tall. I was like, wait a minute. Now, that's like, that's noticeably tall. Like, you can't just have him show up in pictures and be like, nobody notices 14 foot tall person. <laughs> I feel like that's like background. a little bit exaggerated in his height <laughs> because we spoke about the monstrosity known as the draft. Maybe last episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. A giraffe is typically 20 feet tall. So yeah. a Slender Man's six feet less <laughs> tall than a, or six feet shorter than a giraffe? I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, and he'd be pretty noticeable. Mm-hmm. So at his 14 feet, that's about two times the length of a queen size mattress. So he's, he's using double queen size mattresses to <laughs> uh, just to sleep on. I mean, if he's getting his suits from somewhere, he's got to get his mattresses from somewhere, too. (laughs) Does he make them? Is he a mattress maker? I don't know. (laughs) Number two is he wears a dark suit with a white shirt and black tie. So, yeah, okay. He has no (laughs) eyes and no mouth. We didn't really, I guess, touch too much on that. What do you think of the the no eyes and no mouth? Does at At this point in 2021, is that a little overplayed? Do you think? I think it would be overplayed if he had a mouth, but it was like skin over it. Oh, yeah. It just had the little skin uh, yeah. uh, flappies that yeah. connected it. Yeah. yeah. But does also, does that mean he has a nose? Can he smell? Does he have nostrils? <laughs> I mean, there's no mention know. of I... it not having a nose, but. That says he has no eyes and no mouth. It doesn't say he doesn't have nose holes. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's just a giant nose. It's like your bat creature. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the other thing is I've seen drawings of him where he has a mouth. Kind of looks like a Pac-Man they draw him as. <laughs> waka, 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 waka. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, coming to eat you. Does he have a mouth? Maybe, maybe not. If he opens his jaw wide enough, does it just open? I don't know. <laughs> it says <laughs> he is very thin, hence his name. Okay. Slender Man <laughs> has exceptionally long arms. So, like, your entity you wanted to make. Yeah. His shoes are always immaculately polished. So, again, does he do the polishing? Are they just inherently polished? Are those the inherent abilities of his shoes? Maybe maybe that's why he hangs around children. Polish my shoes, please. Come, child. Clean my (laughs) shoes. I've been in the forest for a fortnight. (laughs) Next, number eight, is those who have been fortunate to see Slenderman Slenderman. Slenderman up close and live asserts that his skin has a mild green tinge to it. That's fun. Like an alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
Is he a Hopkins milk Hopkins. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but those are silver, right? <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, two children. Slender man has a scent of butter popcorn. What do you make of that? Well, I wonder what he smells like to adults. To adults, however, is number 10, a moldering, decomposing fug accompanies his visits. <laughs> What's a fug? F-U-G? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. It's got to be worse than a fog. <laughs> it's a whole fog. <laughs> what am I smelling? I'm smelling a decomposing fog. So it's a buttered popcorn? Yep, buttered popcorn to children, but to adults, moldering, decomposing smell. So I wonder what what's the transition point like? <laughs> yeah, there implies there is an age that's your 18th birthday. The dawn of your 18th birthday is Slenderman. Like he's there at your birthday. He's like, mmm, popcorn for my birthday, <laughs> and then oh shit, the popcorn's <laughs> rotten. <laughs> there is another set of truly terrifying facts. Number one. Slender Man tends to remove the organs of his victims and place them into bags made of moleskin. He will then place the organs back into their original positions in the lifeless corpse, still in these grisly pouches. Well, this implies now, this is the first instance of Slender Man actually killing his... Uh... Yeah, it implies that he killed them. Yeah. I don't... Why would he do this, though? Like, why is he putting the... What's organs. the point of that? Like, what, yeah, is it like a, a ceremony of some sort? And at that point, why it would be a ceremony just for himself? Where did he get the moleskins? Did he make the moleskins? Did he kill the moles? <laughs> I imagine he's doing this, and he puts them back in the body, and he's just going, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, um, like crop circles. Like this is gonna screw with them so much they weren't they aren't gonna know what to do with the moleskin bags back in their body. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Number two is every night Slender Man rests on a pile of soil taken from a wet cemetery. <laughs> so what? does he have a shovel and bucket? Where's he getting this wet cemetery uh, yeah. uh, soil from? So he has to be close to a cemetery <laughs> that's constantly being rained on or watered. Mm-hmm. So he has to be somewhere where there's, I would suspect, a nice irrigation system so that they can sprinkle the <laughs> the cemetery waters. I'm I'm wondering, like, are these, I wonder if these facts are coming from all the creepypastas. Mm, yeah, or just the just uh, amalgamation of all the stories. I would, I would suspect it's from uh, multiple stories. But, I mean, Slender Man, you're really limiting yourself and where you can sleep every night like yeah that would to me implies that he has to spend a good chunk of his night gathering wet cemetery soil which and it would also be, like why and it also seems to me that it's making him less mysterious by saying that he sleeps yeah why does he have to sleep does he get tired <laughs> <laughs> that means he can be killed he, he doesn't have to eat because he doesn't have a mouth orifice <laughs> So why does he have to sleep to rest? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that how his boots get shiny or his shoes get shiny because he's sleeping? I don't know. Number three is when stalking a victim, Slender Man will often find a well near their house, work, or school and inhabit it for the duration of his interest in them. So he likes wells. Is he in Kentucky? <laughs> Leaning closer and closer to those Hopkinsville. To the Hopkinsville Goblins, damn it. <laughs> 
That well there's, water is so good. <laughs> there's a slender man in my well. <laughs> what are you doing down there? So number four is if you listen carefully at a well that slender man has infested. <laughs> I like the idea that slender man infests He's, wells. Yeah. is like a rat. You will hear his whispering. Don't listen, however, as you will not like what is being said. How's he whisper? What's he saying? And why is who's he talking to? Does he know you're up there? And that will imply that he chooses not to kill you. Maybe you're not his interest. No, I don't like that fact. Oh, I guess I don't. I don't like the whole well thing. That in general, there's too much going on there. Or the soil thing. (laughs) Yeah. Now here's one. uh, Number six. Slenderman's abode has an antechamber with wallpaper made of leather. Leather made from human skin. He's got an antechamber. Oh my God, his wallpaper. Like, what person? What normal person likes wallpaper? And now Slenderman has leather skin wallpaper. Just admires his skin paper. Mm -hmm. Like, "Mm, yeah, this is is why I come home every night. (laughs) I made this the paste that I used to put my wallpaper up from the well I lived in and mixed it with some clay soil from the (laughs) cemetery. He's a real DIYer. <laughs> Number seven. Don't open your curtains at night. Slender Man will often be at your window with his featureless face pressed hard against the cold glass. So like that story, Angel, about Cotton I Joe's razor, which, I mean, that's now a part of Slender yep. Man lore. Yep. It's in there. <laughs> it's canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why do you think he's staring through the wall? The curtains are shut. What purpose would he have to be having his face pressed up against the glass? Just in the hopes that you open it up and get a fright? I was just thinking, how often does he do this? And uh, does he expect anyone to to just look out (laughs) at some point? Uh Because that would imply that he's after anybody. But previously it said he's after people that he's interested in. Does he know you're home and is just waiting? Like, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to... I have... I have six hours until I have to go get the graveyard soil, so I'll stand here at this window and hope somebody opens the curtains at night. Who opens their curtains at night? You close them at night. I feel like these facts are just making Slenderman seem more and more sad than scary. (laughs) He's lonely. Uh, Number eight, when a bulb blows, it is because Slenderman does not like the light. Okay. He's blowing up your light bulbs. That's an inconvenience. Number nine... If you hear a floorboard creak, it is unlikely to be Slenderman, as he generally doesn't make a sound when he walks. <laughs> it is much more likely to be one of his, one of his familiars, a walking corpse of a prior victim. Ooh, so he's got like necromantic powers. Well, so the the problem I have with this fact is now that everything that happens is now attributed <laughs> to Slenderman, like, and it's not even him. Like, I heard a pinfall. No, no, That's not no. Slenderman. That's one of his victims. <laughs> but the way it's worded is if you hear the floorboard creak, it's unlikely to be him <laughs> as he generally does not make a sound when he walks. So, yeah, I guess there's exceptions. <laughs> it could be his corpse, a familiar corpse. Maybe, or maybe when him. he trips over something, yeah. he might fall to the ground and make a noise. Yeah, Slenderman, what are you doing? <laughs> That's why the vagueness was key in the beginning. The more and more you get about these crazy things, it starts to break down. Number 10, if you ask Slenderman a question, he will give you two answers. Both are true, but one will chill your heart with terror. 
how can he give you two true answers to the same question? And why is why is one scarier than the other? It's like an explosion outside. I don't know how that was. It's slender man. <laughs> it's unlikely to be him, but it could be. <laughs> could be. Why? Why is he allowing now questions to be asked? Is there a Q and A session with Slenderman before so, he kills you? So if you open the curtains and you see him staring at you, you can be like, "Hey, I got a question for you, man." <laughs> why is your face pressed against my cold glass? And he gives you one true answer and one truer answer that chills you to your heart. I'm staring to see if you look through. That's the first true answer. The second true answer is because I have no home. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, that chills me. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Slenderman. <laughs> I guess that implies he can't lie. But why Why would he lie to you? Well, like, maybe if you ask there's him. No, a, there's no the, point for social interaction with the creature. <laughs> if you ask him the same question a second time, every time, every answer after that is just a lie. <laughs> I already gave you the two true answers. Everything else I can't. I'll just lie and make up. <laughs> it's like some weird genie shit going on with Slenderman. <laughs> some facts about his purpose. Number one, a slender man usually frequents areas where children gather in groups. Okay. Yep. I guess that's fun. Number two, he somehow appears friendly to children and lures them into oblivion. What does that mean, into oblivion? Uh, Do they walk know. into him? Is he oblivion? Is he, like, he opens up his jacket and it's like yeah. a galaxy that they get sucked into? I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing. <laughs> got black holes in his pockets? I don't know. Uh, number three is when Slender Man does appear to adults, he is usually the last thing they see. Hmm. Does that mean that children Mysterious. can see him more than once? If they don't get sucked into oblivion. <laughs> so, so technically... Slenderman's also the last thing they see. Yeah, I would say so, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it implies you see him in oblivion. So you just go. What What do you do in oblivion with Slenderman? Oblivion's the name of his home. <laughs> <laughs> this antechamber with his leather, freaking wallpaper. I'm, I think the point in the lore where Slenderman wallpapers his walls is a little bit too far. You don't need to go that far. <laughs> Less is better. Number four, Slender Man stalks his victims often for years at a time. So that implies that he's a very patient figure, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens if they just unceremoniously die? <laughs> like, it wasn't his doing. <laughs> was he responsible for, was that show on Spike TV, like a thousand and one ways to die of just like stupid ways people died? I put my hand in a toaster was it slender man that killed me <laughs> probably <laughs> i heard creaking behind me but it wasn't him this this also brings up uh what i mentioned earlier what we brought up earlier which is if he's stalking people for several years at a time that means there's more than one slender man they would have to well unless he stalks multiple people that's i mean how's he <laughs> have like, enough time like in the Claus. day <laughs> He's, uh, he's a very disciplined man in his uh, <laughs> in the hours of that of his wakeness. Like, he has to stalk several people, make sure he goes home in time for the the wet sim, uh, soils. <laughs> make sure the wallpaper is staying up. Got to tend to the antechamber. <laughs> Number five is when he chooses a victim, they will offer 
I should say, they will often suffer from terrifying nightmares from which they cannot wake. So that would imply that he has some sort of uh, power to, I would say, uh, paralyze you, right? Does that mean that they can't wake ever again or just into the duration of the dream (laughs) or the nightmare? I would say they cannot wake. It's the statement is you cannot wake. So you are perpetually in dream mode. You oh. go comatose, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just constantly and then, dreaming about. Then he gets you in your dreams. Around. Yep. Now he's Freddy Krueger. Now he's Freddy. Yep. Number six. One of the signatures on the. One of the signatures on the Declaration of Independence appears to say S. Lenderman. Now, is this an actual fact? Like, we could look this up, or is it just like, why would you like, why would you say this when you could look yeah. up the actual thing and be like, no, there's no such thing? It's John Hancock. <laughs> it's always John Hancock. I see John Adams, Jerry. Who's a Jerry? <laughs> the old Jerry who signed to <laughs> the Constitution. You don't know Jerry. <laughs> this looks like Elbridge Jerry. I don't know what that is. Man, I wish I was there to sign this thing. Yeah, I don't see any Slendermans here. So, so it brings me to the question: Why is that a, a fact, like presented? There does not appear to be a S Lenderman on the Constitution that I can see. Like you're saying, Angel, why put something that could be so easily disproved? I feel like this was like a gullibility check. Like, gotcha, made you look. <laughs> now, hear me out. Does that? So that, let's say S. Slenderman's on there, and that was supposed to be Slenderman. So Slenderman signed the Declaration of Independence. So he was in the room with the forefathers of this United States of America, and they were okay with that. This would imply that he was still a 14-foot-tall man without uh, a face and mouth, and they were like, this guy knows what we're talking about. He's an elected official. He's a delegate from some state. Uh, <laughs> he just happens to be 14 <laughs> feet tall. That's all. And apparently Old ageless. Lenderman. Yep. Come on down. Steven Lenderman. <laughs> My God. Just the, the thought of that is why would anyone ever write that into their creepypasta? I want to read that creepypasta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have so many mixed emotions about this whole declaration. I, at first, I hated it, but now I really enjoy it because of the like comedic insanity <laughs> that would have been around Slenderman being at the in Philadelphia signing the Constitution. So, <laughs> like standing next to John Hancock, Thomas, yep, Thomas Jefferson, they're all just like they're that would imply they're like friends or acquaintances with Slenderman. What's the <laughs> implication there? I don't know. <laughs> Is there skin leather on his wallpaper? There's a there's a clause on the declaration that nobody reads that talks about how they allow the 14 foot tall man to essentially haunt children for the rest of his life. <laughs> and then, uh, to put it in co- like the context of other amazing facts that we read, that would they were all adults, so there must have been my God. There's a putrid fog. There's a fog here. <laughs> What's what the fog? <laughs> Hark, what fog <laughs> abuses my nose, they would say. And and S. Slenderman's over there, like, looking ashamed. I'm just here to sign the Declaration of Independence, guys. So number seven. Uh, 
the very same signature can be found on the 1,000-year-old document, the Magna Carta. So No! <laughs> he also signed the Magna Carta. I hate Carta. this! <laughs> Why is he signing things? Ugh. <laughs> uh. Number eight, Slenderman will often stand at the bottom of his younger victim's stairs at night, waiting for them to traverse the upstairs landing. He will then reach out, uh, reach out a hand and stroke the bare ankles of the unfortunate child. Slenderman, get around it. I don't have stairs in my house. You can't get my bare ankles. Or I wear socks. (laughs) Boom. I beat you, Slenderman. It's, it's like Santa. You know, he's found a way to go into houses that don't have chimneys. <laughs> Damn chimneys. Going through the keyhole. Uh, number nine. Uh, <laughs> oh Slenderman wants $20. He wants $20? <laughs> it just says Slenderman wants $20. No. <laughs> what is this? He's got to pay for his shoe shines. He's got to repair <laughs> the the trousers. <laughs> and this is, so this is under his purpose. He just wants twenty dollars. So do you give him? Is he like a homeless man? You give him money and he goes away. <laughs> That's how that you solve your problem. Man, they're talking about. <laughs> I want to read that one. You gave Slenderman twenty dollars. Did he go away? <laughs> Get your putrid fog away from me. Here's twenty dollars. Yeah, the more that the more of these facts that come together, the more I'm thinking this is just a homeless person. <laughs> like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop writing about homeless people. That's not nice. <laughs> okay, number ten of this one. Slender Man eats his victims' hearts whilst crouching over a maggot riddled sarcophagus. <laughs> That's a lot going on there. <laughs> I guess this is in his antechamber. Why are there maggots in it? Why does he have a sarcophagus? Is it like his Lazarus chamber? Does that give him his long life to be able to sign the Magna Carta and the Declaration of Independence and still be around today? Is he like, uh, uh, is that the, the, the gold from Stargate? <laughs> Stargate Jim? He's in his <laughs> flying pyramid. <laughs> was, was the mummy based off of this? <laughs> Brandon Fraser? Why is it maggot riddled? Like, that means, are there just like millions of maggots in his sarcophagus? Why? They're going to become flies, and that's really annoying. I was just going to say, do they ever become flies, or do they just stay as maggots? Perpetual maggot pupil form. More disturbing facts. Number one. When Slenderman passes a cathedral, gargoyles will often turn their heads to follow him. God, that's... So ridiculous. <laughs> Do they ever turn their head back? I mean, I think I think I can picture this being done well. Like where you don't see Slender Man, it's just a crowd of people, and then you see the gargoyle heads turn, then you're like, wait a minute, who just passed by? And you can't tell who it is because there's nobody that looks like <laughs> it Slenderman. was L Slenderman. <laughs> But other than that, I mean, the, the gargoyle. Like, That's on. stupid. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, number two, Slender Man has been known to take refuge in dark and lonely water. Oh, hmm. poor Slender Man just wants a girlfriend. <laughs> He's taking refuge. Refuge implies uh, many things, but <laughs> why is he in the water? Is that where he's washing his suit? 
He loves wet things, apparently. Mm-hmm. Does he bring his sarcophagus there? <laughs> uh, number three, Slender Man has a shadow form known as the the Dark Man. Although it normally follows him like a standard shadow, it can detach itself and enter a house during the hours of dusk and dawn. So does the shadow have a mind of its own? Is it more evil than Slender Man? Is it the same kind of evil? Like... What does that even mean? Slender Man has a collection of his victims' eyeballs in dusty jars. <laughs> why are they what dusty? Then why? Yeah. Does he not have <laughs> take care of his home? He polishes his shoes, but he can't. But damn, screw my jars. They remain dusty. Number five. When you reach round a dark corner to a switch on a light, be careful. Slender Man will often run his fingers over the back of your hand. This is the first signal of his interest in you. When you turn on the light, is he not still in the goddamn room? <laughs> I guess if you feel that <laughs> brush against your hand, you don't turn on the light because you're like, ah, and no. then you forget you were going to do anything. <laughs> I'm out of here, Slender Man. You're not getting me. <laughs> What I can't stand is that they're attributing every little thing now to Slenderman. Mm-hmm. Like every little bump in the night is now him, and it doesn't. It, it's getting rid of all the other cool creatures mm-hmm. that do stuff like that. Yep. Number six says Slenderman is mentioned in the Bible, in the passage where an evil God. king is berating his servants. The king says, "I curse you in the name of the thin man and all that is fetid and slender." I, I don't like believe. How- I don't believe it. I, I, I'm not even gonna look it up because I like the fact that they say in the passage. There's you can, there's you can no name the goddamn chapter, passage. There's no book title, no verse. Yep. Is that it's John like three like, twelve? Just just read the whole Bible. You'll find it. <laughs> Number seven. A Swedish studio began making a movie about Slender Man. On the second day of the filming, in a lonely forest location, all noise halted apart from the fluttering wings of a white owl, which which flew straight at the actors, who then caught who then caught on fire. None survived. <laughs> what? How does anybody know it was a white owl? No one survived. Uh. Why is this attributed to Slender Man? <laughs> If it was an owl, it was a stickini. <laughs> they, made the, they caught on fire. They all burned alive in the forest. But the forest didn't burn down. And how did they tell the tale if nobody survived? Mm, I hate that one. I don't like that one. <laughs> there is no such thing as slender phobia. No fear of slender man is irrational. <laughs> that, one's, uh, that one's stupid. That just reads like the, the Chuck Norris. I was gonna say, that was a very Chuck Norris joke style. Get out of here, number eight. We don't like you. <laughs> number nine, a Slender Man has never been witnessed moving, only ever standing, still, watching, waiting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that goes... I, the Gargoyle Psalm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that goes back to, to the more original mm-hmm. like lore of it and... Ignoring all those other facts. It's like, okay, I could see that. I don't know if you ever watched Doctor Who. Nope. <laughs> I've only seen like maybe a few episodes, but the one that uh, everyone talks about is the one with the, there's these statues of angels that they're statues. But of when you, you look, when you look away, <laughs> they come towards you and you have to look at them again 
and they stop moving kind of thing. Oh, okay. So you can never turn your back on the statues. Yeah. I don't recall anything about the episode other than that. <laughs> slender, that's some Slender Man shit going on, baby. <laughs> yeah. What do they do to you when they get to you? Uh, well, <laughs> guess we'd have to watch the episode guess, or something. I guess it would imply bad things. Yeah. Number 10 is the ultimate of there is no known deterrence for Slender Man, either natural or otherwise. What if we prevent him from sleeping in wet soil? What then? Does he get irritated? Does he get like irrationally like he doesn't know what he's doing? What if you take away all wells? He can't hide and he can't infest any wells. Just cap all the wells. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. Not being able to stop him thing. It just. Or I guess it just says there's no known deterrence. So that just means nobody. You haven't. You haven't tried everything on Slenderman, damn it. I guess. I think knowing less about him makes it better. Reading some of those facts made it not fun <laughs> to know. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. But, but it very much does not help yeah. his situation of being cool. So with that being said, where exactly has Slender Man gone? And to no one's surprise, he has only gotten more and more popular since since the original creation of the entity. Movies. Video games, the whole shebang, Angel. It's all out there. It is a very well-known entity. I have officially contributed my part in the Slenderman lore by introducing an origin story to Slenderman. Just listen to our episodes again and pay attention to the intros all the way up to this one. I mean, more lore than the freaking some of those interesting facts that we went over <laughs> my god so why don't we do it angel we'll jump into the season finale rubric of power for slender man how do you rank the powers of slender man so we went over a bunch of stuff about slender man and apparently he kills but maybe he doesn't he, he has an oblivion in his chest or maybe he doesn't <laughs> he he does a lot of things but a lot of but the thing about that is all these facts are canon and not canon because they're all written and developed by the uh, people of the internet, and so we have to take into I believe we have to take those into account. So it it kind of increases his power. I read that uh, proximity to him also causes like paranoid delusions and, and other effects, mm-hmm. accompanied by nosebleeds. Nosebleeds, God. But most importantly, we didn't mention this, and I'm not going to go into the details, uh, but the Slender Man has not only been like internet folklore, but it's also jumped out into the real world where it has affected uh, the lives of a few people and and have made uh, news headlines. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a form of power as well, being able to be perceived as a real entity. That's a very real world power. Yeah. I think of it as the idea behind how, you know, the concept of of a god or or god himself, Mm -hmm. where everyone believes in this thing, and civilizations and artworks and masterpieces have been created all under the 
idea or the supposed inspiration of this mm-hmm. god. Yeah. So, you know, in a sense, it's real because these people believe something. Yeah, there's a there's a faith in the belief of it. Yeah. So I think that's that's what's happened with with Slenderman that has come to this point where it's jumped internet uh, folklore and you, like you said, there's movies, there's there's books on on it, not just the the facts, but there's books explaining things like its origins and discussing the origins of folk tales and folklore and and just lots of discussion and philosoph- philosophical and research behind that kind of thing i th- that that and it's and it was done in such a short amount of time too mm-hmm. you know from 2009 like that's fast yeah that's insanely quick to spread a a story of this magnitude on from a forum that's realistically is not a very impactful forum on the grand scale of the internet even back yeah. then and my god what message board is like do, do many people even know what message boards are anymore it's not a, it's not a very common function of the internet anymore it's been replaced yeah. by discord and things like that so for something to move so quickly in such a short amount of time is not a power attributed specifically to a slender man but to just the power of people wanting to be a part of something to be on a creative aspect of it of like man this seems really neat let me let me do my spin on the on the creature. I think that is hard to replicate in a lot of things. To like, it has to be very organically done, like very specific to the moment. And yeah. I think if the originator of it all didn't present it in a way that was compelling, in such a way that it was, it never would have done anything. It just would have been a stupid. No one ever would have heard of it. It never would have been anything. But just because of the way it was presented and then went from there, like it's a very had to have been that exact moment by the by that person in that moment doing it in such a way that made it compelling. If you don't make it compelling from the very very beginning, it goes nowhere and it is not what it is today. Everything that we've said, I've gave it a four in power. Originally I was going to do a four for power in this, but then the more I was thinking about like that was I made I made that score when i was first like the original concept of the entity when it was very vague mm-hmm. and alien and otherworldly and it w- and then i was like oh, all these other stupid things are popping up <laughs> why why is it do the like why does he have the maggot sarcophagus why why is that a thing and then it became just too much i think retreated a little bit on that and and landed on a three for above average because I wasn't able to read every single story out there about him. So I don't know all the like different aspects of it, of like him hunting and killing and like never in the moment sort of stuff of how he applies these powers was uh, not made apparent to me in the hours of research. So yeah, I settled for a three on it. How about then detectability, which very interested in this side of it. Well, with all the stuff we learned about the, uh, the powers and, and what this thing is and what it can do, Detectability, I mean, it started off by appearing in photographs. This is uh-huh. something that not even Bigfoot has done. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he shows up in grainy photographs. That, is, it, is it a Bigfoot or is it just a man walking really fast and it comes out blurry? Who knows? And the pictures are clear because, as we know, they were just photoshopped in. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like 
it was actual an actual photograph. And then and then we have the, those facts that we learned about where you can possibly catch them staring at you from the curtains. <laughs> um, standing there on damn night. That's what I do. I mean, I wonder like, if somebody walking by the house and they just see somebody staring and like what's what's going on there uh now i didn't think of this in the moment though he's 14 feet tall is he like on your second story window <laughs> is he crouching yeah. and yeah exactly he's 14 feet tall like he's he's not hard to miss <laughs> i don't think anyone has a problem detecting him i mean that's a lot of the the stories are about them sensing this presence and Maybe him making an appearance, um, even in in the in the creepy pasta that I read. You know, he shows up and there it is, carved into my eyes. Got mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's razor. It's a part of the lore now. I just gave it a one. This is one hundred percent a aspect where too much lore hurts the detectability of it because if you think mm-hmm. of it, so there is lore that he uses human skin to wallpaper his antechamber. So that would imply that somebody has been to his antechamber to see the human skin on the walls. <laughs> so that would mean somebody knows where Slenderman lives. Mm-hmm. That doesn't jive with something that can't be found when it, uh, it it can only be seen when it's moving. But you know where its house is? A one. Completely a one. There's just too much going on that it would be two hours of explaining how much it sucks at detectability. So how about lore and mystique? Again, this I think this is an easy one for me. There's just so much of it out there. Mm-hmm. Again, we didn't have the time to scour through every story written about him, watch every movie that has been made. By the way, I'll, I think I think all the movies are made like indie amateur films. They're not like big, big blockbusters. But yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff out there, and not only that, but we contributed our own lore. In this episode um so it, it just keeps getting added to like the, that's the the beauty of of this particular thing is that people can just add on to the lore and just yeah. expand it and no one would ever know like no that's not true because there is no truth it's just yeah. whatever you want it to be exactly and and there's you know it doesn't matter how silly or dumb it makes the, the slender the goddamn constitution thing like <laughs> come on <laughs> insane he's signing the magna carta stop him (laughs) no his signature's on it we can only leave it there (laughs) and he just thinking about it now he had the uh the forethought to think to sign it as s slenderman (laughs) to make it look like a real person (laughs) that's some goddamn i'll wait for cunning i guess for that I may have to change my cutting score. <laughs> I mean, this also, I mean, it can go on for days about this, but it's so much fun. The That would imply like he was a land-owning uh, white person signing the, yep. the maybe, uh, maybe, Constitution. Maybe when he was then, he was a regular human, and then something transformed him into the Slender Man. <laughs> and he just kept his name. He shortened it to <laughs> Slender Man. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> So yeah, uh, lore mystique that that gets an automatic four from me. Mm-hmm. I have written down here. It says, originally Slenderman killed his victims by impaling them on the branches of very tall trees and allowing them to bleed to death. 
The victim's organs would be individually removed by, and placed in plastic bags, which would then be returned to the original positions in the body. The victim's corpses did not show any sign of a struggle. However, as time has gone on, it would seem that Slender Man has abandoned this practice. <laughs> you got bored. Uh, I can't remember where I pulled that from, but like, so there's lore that has like, specifically says he's like abandoned practices. <laughs> he doesn't do it anymore. I don't know. I just find that so amazingly funny <laughs> that he he's like, you know what? When I and this one says plastic bags, and before it said moleskins. So I <laughs> tried multiple ways of containing the organs, and he's like, you know what? This is too much. I'm gonna. Um, I, I don't want to be putting the plastic bag organs back in. It's like he, he's like, yeah. He had the wherewithal to say this is too mm-hmm. much, or maybe it was just too much work. He had to go find his graveyard dirt that was wet. <laughs> uh, so I, I, a four for Lauren Mystique. How about cunning and intelligence? You know how I feel about humans, <laughs> human mm-hmm. type creatures. Is he a humanoid? I, I would say he's a humanoid. Um, however, mm. it's as you mentioned. Is this going to be controversial? This is the most <laughs> controversial <laughs> because all the lore that about him painted him as this i mentioned it before like he's he became he actually became more human in the sense of like real life humans where like Mm -hmm. they're bumbling fools yeah it's not quite the best at doing things it's like freddy krueger where the sequels go on so long it becomes like a a stupid entity (laughs) yeah yeah so it's it's not so much that it's stupid but it's like not stupid but it shows like the like it becomes comical yeah yeah it's it's yeah exactly that's this the slender man is not is no longer this haunting presence now it's it's waiting outside your window mm-hmm. crouched bent over in awkward position just a to look bumbling through. fool trying to kill people <laughs> like i picture like if there was a a movie, it could be like Tim Allen playing the Slender Man, and <laughs> and then he accidentally kills the Slender Man, and then he has to the, sl- the Slender Man claws. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's that's the that's the thing. Uh, you, you mentioned he kills it's his victims, but it's like what if he's staring out the window looking for you? waiting for you to look out. Why doesn't he just break into your house and kill you then? Like, what's stopping him from killing? Does he kill certain people? Like, it's things like that that it's like, I don't understand his motives. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's killing. Sometimes he's just there to be creepy. Like Yeah, the whispering in the well thing, but then you don't want to <laughs> listen to his whispers because you won't like what he says. Or, or, or you ask him a question and he gives you two <laughs> truths. He's <laughs> like, Okay. <laughs> Why are you talking to some people, Slender Man, and not others? Why are you talking in a well? How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's things like that that is like okay, I'm 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 gonna have to knock down his score. So I I gave it down uh, for cunning and intelligence. I just brought it down to uh, two for adequate. I mean, three seasons in, and we are still fighting about cunning and intelligence of humanoid <laughs> creatures and. <laughs> Because uh, I I give I give him a four, in yeah. cunning intelligence. I'm just on the uh, the level of he knows what he's doing. He he's skinning you and making your skin into his wallpaper. 
in his <laughs> antechamber. What's he doing in his antechamber? I don't know. He reads something. romance novels. <laughs> yeah. Does he write them? Is he How? Stephen King? <laughs> Can he read if he has no eyes? <laughs> God. He doesn't. Maybe does he need? Does he, he need lamps? Maybe he knows Braille. Yep. Does Does he have electricity? Is that a need for him? Wait. Doesn't the light bulb go out? It's because he doesn't like the <laughs> he light. Doesn't like light. Yeah. If he has no light, if he has no eyes, why would he care? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if he doesn't have eyes, why does he want wallpaper? You can't. <laughs> Sure, you want to stick with that for? <laughs> um, how how tall are his walls? How much wallpaper are we talking about of human flesh? Is At it a least big fourteen room? feet? <laughs> yes. He's not crouching in his home. That's inconvenient <laughs> and uncomfortable. <laughs> so, so you have like cathedral ceilings? <laughs> what if, what if he has like stained glass windows made out of human skin? <laughs> skin windows? <laughs> To let in the light that he hates? <laughs> does he put curtains up? And does he stare into his own windows with the curtains closed? It's all canon. Uh, there's more questions that, that come from any of this. Mm-hmm. So our final category then, impact on popular culture. We've said it millions of times. This, this thing, I remember The Simpsons back in the 90s. Becoming a big thing mm-hmm. where You're not allowed to watch it. <laughs> it was a uh, it became such a huge thing that they even had like a, a Simpsons album. Bart had his own uh, song that people danced to. It was like a like had its own dance moves kind of thing. There was a like the Urkel dance. There was yeah. a Bart dance. Yeah, it's called the Bart Man. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Oh my God. Yep, yep. And is, is this leading to a Slenderman dance? <laughs> no. Oh. But 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 um and something similar happened with like uh Nintendo and Super Mario Brothers where Super Mario just like took a lot mm-hmm. of the US by storm and everything was Mario this we even made movies out of it like um uh the was it the wizard or the I forget what it's called. Something wizard with uh, Fred Savage, with the with the power glove. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the whole movie was based on this kid wanting to go to this uh, competition so he could play Super Mario Brothers three against the top players. <laughs> like that's the film. That's the whole movie. <laughs> that was something that's never been done before. Like who, who thinks that? Like oh, who's mm-hmm. gonna go play? It? So yeah, this is something that took the world by storm and then and the and what i'd like to think about is that this is happening in the 90s like the internet was there but it wasn't widespread so we had to like make do <laughs> with what we had and once the internet came a lot of these things that take the world by storm didn't happen as often because mm-hmm. we became more globally connected and there was so much out there that we hadn't seen already and we're like oh crap like here we are celebrating Super Mario Brothers, and Japan's been like ahead of us already because they're the ones putting this stuff out. And they're like, mm-hmm. "What are you guys celebrating Super Mario? Like, we have all these games that we've been celebrating, you know." So, coming back to Slenderman, I think it's fascinating that it's 2009. The internet world has been dominating, and suddenly, this thing, even though we're all globally connected, it's like this thing, the Slenderman, 
takes the the world by storm again, in in such a way that it like I feel like I hadn't seen anything like that since the nineties. With with the with the mm-hmm. uh, things I mentioned, it just exploded with games. Uh, games, right? There's games. There's movies, books, stories. Stories being the biggest thing, I think. Um, yeah, Photoshop now, images, and it has its own media. Like there's specifically a, a corporation that owns the the movie rights to a Slender Man creature. Like there's, yeah. it's that it's copywritten now. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. There's a, a media rights holder who mm-hmm. hasn't been named. Yeah, I don't know Spooky. why that's kept a secret. Because it's as on the line as as Slender Man. Slender Man. Same signature as the one on the Magna Carta. <laughs> God damn but yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting that this is one of those things that just blew up and kind of spread all over. I mean, and even if it showed up on the news in a negative manner, it still did a thing and had an impact. Uh, it gets uh, off the charts for, I guess it's on the charts still. But, yeah. yeah, very, very, very rare for Entity to get a four in pop culture. Yeah. Like there, there is just so much out there. There's a My Little Pony episode that's mm-hmm. a Slenderman pony is featured, like in the background during that cartoon episode. Like it, it's that sort of like ingrained into popular culture that it can just like sneak up into anywhere. Like there's so many things. Just go to the Wikipedia page at some point in, in time and just look at the popular culture impact that it's had on on certain things. In in respects to the to the beer world. There's, they don't care about copyrights. There's Slenderman beers. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's one a uh, from Pondesta Brewing Company that's over ten percent alcohol by volume for a beer. There's a Slenderman saison. There's Slenderman's crappy Halloween party is the name of a beer. There's like uh, <laughs> almost ten different beers with Slenderman slapped onto it. So they're not afraid <laughs> in the in the brewing world to do that. So uh, yeah. that has been. Uh, for three seasons, one of my benchmarks of popular culture. It made it yep. that far. And yeah, it's just so much going on uh, about it. Both very real world implications of the creature and then just how much it has spread throughout society. Like <laughs> Shepard Smith saying <laughs> Splendor Man <laughs> and playing X-Files music during it all to m- <laughs> make it even extra hokey. Yeah. Uh, like... Yeah, there's so much, so much going on with, uh, with Slenderman. I on a four, one hundred percent a four, an impact on popular culture. I think, I think the only other entity that has gotten that is frickin' Santa Claus. Yeah, it's those stop forms, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are tulip, tulipas? Tulpas. Tulpas, yeah. Tulpas. Tulpas yeah. are taking over. Time for tulpas. What did you add up to? I got a fifteen. You were at a 15. I landed at a 16. So Slender Man is going to finish off season three with a 15.5. Oh, my God. (laughs) So that is the top of our cryptids for this season. Who was number one before? It was Melonheads, yes. Melonheads was in the lead. Across all the seasons, Slender Man is tied with Stikini. How is it fair against our season one Winner of Wendigo. So Slenderman beats out Wendigo. Mm. Wendigo's at 15.36. Oh, very close. 
Dang. Yeah. So with this good score in mind and the absolute insanity of lore out there, Angel, why don't we do a final season three amalgamation corner and find out what each of us would add from our previous seasons to Slenderman to make him just a little bit better. I want to go back to the mystery of Slenderman. I want, you know, all these all these stories just add more stuff about him and just make him seem more goofy, more realistic, and less threatening. So I like the idea of bringing him back to a more, like, mysterious entity, something that's just a presence that shows up and we don't know why and adds a... a you know, a bit of dread. So I, in order to do this, I feel like we can mash him up with the monoliths. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so how how would the monoliths be related to Slenderman? How wouldn't they? They're both tall. <laughs> he could be hiding. Tall and he could, he could, he could be hiding behind it and it just shows up oh, out of nowhere. <laughs> As long as they're 14 feet taller. <laughs> you know, they could, you know, people would be like, what, what's the monolith? What's this thing doing here? And suddenly it's the, the Slender Man appears and they're like, whoa, it's crazy. <laughs> There's no lights around them usually. <laughs> yeah. They're out in the middle of nowhere. It gives it more ethereal quality. It's like, what is this thing? How are they related? What is, is he, is he planting them? And mm-hmm. what does he plan on using them f- for? That reminds me of the monolith that had the fox Mulder, but Mulder was spelled wrong. And (laughs) I think it was in Italy. Yeah. Was S. Lenderman behind that one? (laughs) We need to see if there's a signature there. Signature on that note. (laughs) I need need a handwritten analysis comparison of those two. Get out the U.S. Constitution. Where's Nicolas Cage? There are a lot of good ones out there that could be really added to Slenderman. I was thinking, same level. I was thinking, I was thinking Monolith. I was thinking Roman Dodecahedron. Uh, that could be fun. I was thinking Crystal Skulls. Could go a whole a whole slew of things with the Crystal Skulls. <laughs> but I settled on the Baghdad Battery because, <laughs> as the lore has told us, he was mentioned in. The Bible. So we're going <laughs> oh way God. back. We're going way, way back into the early days of Slenderman here with the Baghdad batteries. And what could you do possibly with the Baghdad battery? You could create enough energy to light a light bulb of some sort to create energy to light something. And you know what Slenderman doesn't like? He doesn't like light. So you could have a slew of Baghdad batteries way back 2,000 years ago to keep the slender man at bay but part part of the lore is that there's no way to to keep him away but he doesn't like mm-hmm. light which would i think imply that he doesn't like light <laughs> that could keep him away so a lot of whole, a whole lot of levels going on here slender man <laughs> lore i i feel like there was a cryptid we've done where it was said like you have to do this thing in order to stop it but then it was like you <laughs> can't the, stop it was the ruguru i think <laughs> We had to like wait, uh, not talk about it for a year or something like that, being bitten. Yeah. God. (laughs) I was attacked by Slenderman, but uh, I can't talk about it for a year. (laughs) 
Well, you just did. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> the new... That broke the Slender Man clause. You are now the Slender Man. <laughs> Where's Tim Allen? Get yep. him on the phone. So listen up, curiosities. It's time to close those curtains, <laughs> look away, and don't look out again, and turn to your favorite internet platform known as Twitter. <laughs> and make sure to follow us there on at Cracking Curios. And you can send us any messages. Hit us up with any questions. Maybe there's a cryptid or a thing you want to see in a future episode or whatever. And make sure you include the hashtag crack cryptids. And maybe, you know, include at Dan Aykroyd as well. Because he might be interested in Slenderman. He's he's into in, into all these things. Yep, I can I request you add it into Vampire Busters 3. <laughs> yeah. And uh, perhaps here's a suggestion you might tweet out at us saying, hey, at Dan Aykroyd, hashtag cracked cryptids, at cracking curios, at OFC Tim Allen. How would you like to be in the Slender Man? How would you like to be in the Slender Man Claws movie? Oh, God. Oh, man. Anyway, Tim Allen, did you ever think of doing a Slenderman movie in the same vein as Santa Claus? <laughs> exact same plot, except it's Slenderman. Oh, my God. I want to see that movie. <laughs> um, we're also on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. You can follow us on there as well. You can send us an email, crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. And, of course, if you're not subscribed to us on your favorite podcast streaming platform, you should. And as always, this is S. Lenderman signing off. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. Is that a music box? <laughs> yes. That's not what I was hoping <laughs> would play. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs>